We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey... Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. everybody, what is going on? Welcome to this special edition podcast here on Rotogrinders.com and Sharpside.com. I, of course, am Dan Bach, and pleasure to bring in, uh, I'm going to kind of call it a roundtable here of uh, some betting experts, as, of course, we've got a huge event coming up in New Jersey this weekend. It's the DraftKings Sports Betting National Championship, so we want to speculate on what's going to happen this weekend before it actually happens. We'll obviously be having some tremendous coverage from the event, event both on Roto-Grinders and on Sharpside, but we thought it would be fun to put together a little bit of a podcast and, uh, you know, kind of do our own little uh, guessing on, on how this event will go. Uh, joining me today from Sharpside.com, I believe his title is Editor-in-Chief, so I'm just going to leave it at that. One Donnie Peters, who... Uh, grinding it out still in, uh, in the Bahamas. Tough life you got there, Donnie. It is a tough life down in the Bahamas, uh, covering this poker tournament that's going on down here. So you go from, uh, Bahamas to New Jersey. Um, quite the difference, I would say. Definitely quite the difference. Uh, it's, a, it's a good thing I have a big suitcase because I had to pack for two different climates, uh, coming down here to the Bahamas first and then going up to the cold in New Jersey. Yeah. And, uh, it'll be, do you know real quick if there's any players who are at that event, who are planning to go to uh, Jersey for the betting national championship, you know, soon thereafter. I mean, I, I don't know exactly if there's crossover or not in the two. Um, so I know of one for sure. That is uh, Phil Halmuth, who is uh, one of the most well-known poker players in the world. Uh, there's an interview that I did uh, with Phil up on sharpside.com that people can check out if they would like, where I just talked to Phil um, leading up to the event, some of his strategy involved. Uh, you know, that sort of thing. He's going to be taking off, I believe, uh, tomorrow on Thursday to head up there and compete in the event. And then I have talked to a couple of other guys, uh, Brandon Adams and some other players around here who are debating whether or not they're going to go. 
Um, so it's still up in the air for them. But the way the poker players operate, you know, they tend to do things on a whim and very last minute. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a handful of them, you know, maybe a half dozen or so, uh, hop on a plane, head up to head up to Jersey and uh, take place in this event. Just with the, the massive guarantee and the fact that there's likely going to be a big overlay that always draws in, you know, a lot of these players that are always looking to find value. Is there um, is what's the status of that poker tournament versus when like the event starts? I mean, we know it's Friday. Is the poker tournament going to be over by that time, or you know, what where, where does that where's that fall timing wise? Uh, so the the series itself is running all the way through the 14th down here, okay. so it'll overlap uh, pretty good with the the DraftKings Sports Betting National Championship. That said, most players just came down here to compete in this big. A $25,000 buy-in tournament uh, here that wraps up on Thursday. So okay. for those guys that came down here just for that event, they can certainly you know, come down here, play in that event. And even if they go deep and go on to win the thing, they can still hop on a plane and get up there to Jersey to compete in the DraftKings event on Friday. Cool. And uh, also joining us from Roto Grinders, uh, we of course, if you're not following us already, I believe it's RG Sports Betting is the Twitter handle. But we've obviously got the new sports betting tab right on the front page. We've got uh, Brett Smiley and Thomas Casale, who are doing an unbelievable job kind of covering the sports betting landscape for RG. Excited to kind of bring these guys on the podcast and uh, and talk some shop with them first. Brett, uh you know, this is pretty exciting stuff here. I mean, I know that, you know, you've been, you know, covering sports betting and obviously a lot of the news aspects of it, but, you know, this is a contest that we really haven't seen before. And, you know, you've actually spent a lot of time over the last couple of weeks interviewing people who have already qualified. Uh, where do you think we stand right now in terms of number of qualifiers, potential overlay, uh, and kind of value proposition with the actual tournament itself? Well, first of all, great to be on with all you guys. And yes, this this is a pretty intriguing event. There's uh, unknowns and uncertainties, and as a result of that, uh, this is very intriguing and exciting. I think we have confirmed, or DraftKings has confirmed now about 150. Uh, I think maybe 80 or maybe 100 or so of those are coming via qualifier. Um and just some quick overall tournament structure. Each contestant is starting with a $5,000 bankroll. People who have qualified the bankroll, uh, that's what they've won. People who are buying in are buying in for 10000 and half of that is their bankroll. Uh, so that's, that's the equal footing starting point. And uh, I think we may end up with in the low 200s. So that's 200 people competing for a $1 million top prize. Well, two hundred people this is down to about twenty-five. Yeah, yeah. So I think you broke up a little bit there. You said you we could end up in the two hundreds. What's the break-even number for this? Is it in the five hundreds? I think about five hundred thirty. Okay, so that's kind of significant overlay if I've ever seen it uh, for a tournament. Um, now, Thomas, you know it's one thing in things like daily fantasy where if there's overlay, it takes two seconds to enter a lineup, and it can disappear pretty quickly. For this, people need to jump on airplanes, uh, make hotel reservations. It's not quite as easy to jump into something last second. Uh, what do you expect the, you know, do you, do you expect to see, like, a lot of savvy, like, maybe veteran sports bettors show up late? Have you have you heard of 
where this is kind of resonating within the the sharper sports betting community because you know this is this is uncharted waters for sports bettors. You know, we've had things like the super contest, but that obviously stems all the way through the entire season for something that's just a weekend for three days. And we know that nobody's going to register early and tie up like $10,000 of their bankroll into something. What do you expect in terms of people showing up, you know, the day of or the day before the event to get in this? Yeah, I think you will see uh, some people coming in, coming in late. You know, speaking with Johnny Avello, he said obviously the biggest obstacle for this is probably getting to New Jersey. And, you know, I agree with that. It's a short notice, like you said. But, you know, gamblers like me and we, we play the odds. And Brett just said it 200 to 1 to win a million dollars. That's not, those are pretty good odds. So I think you're going to see some of your sharper gamblers look at that and say, there isn't 500 contestants in this. There's more around 200. And that's pretty good odds to get in there and, you know, make a good chunk of change. So, you know, I know Donnie's in the Bahamas. I wouldn't be surprised if a couple people that he knows down there are going to fly up to New Jersey and take a shot at this. Yeah. Yeah, And and I'm based in New Jersey and I've been, I've been hearing some, some people who are driving distance, uh, one guy from New Jersey, somebody in New York. Um, I can't say his name, but I, I know there is a fairly high-profile guy coming from the West Coast who's just making his travel plans now. So we don't know the final number, but what, what I'm really intrigued by is who's going to be showing up to this thing. Uh, there could be some super high-profile people who haven't announced their intentions yet. I mean, I don't know if we're going to see Billy Walters, but um, you know, there could be some other people with real name recognition like Phil Helmuth and others. Yeah, that would be quite the uh, yeah, Billy Walters. Uh, maybe his uh, maybe his grandson or somebody could could make it uh, in his place. Little little tied up, to say the very least at the time. But I, I do think it's super interesting though, um, because like, am, am I wrong to say it? Because I think I heard it somewhere that the winners of the super contest are coming in for this. Is that is that accurate? I believe some of them uh, might come in. Um, okay. Some of them that I talked to, some of the people that went went pretty deep in both the Super Contest, and then there were some guys also from the Super Contest Gold um, were, were debating it, uh, you know, if they wanted to hop on a plane and get out there. Um, again, a, a, lot of, a lot of the ones that I uh, touched base with were all pointing at the fact that there's just going to be a really big overlay. And, yeah, it might be a little bit of a hassle to have to hop on a plane, you know, get accommodations, all that sort of stuff, and get yourself over to New Jersey. Um, but, you know, these guys are value seekers, and this is going to offer a lot of value in something that, uh, you know, unlike the Super Contest, where when you buy in and you participate, it's over an entire 17-week period. This, you get in and get out in three days, and you can win a million dollars doing so. Yeah, I mean, it, honestly, if you won a million in a sports betting contest, you ride the heater, okay? You do whatever it takes to go out there. It's 10K out of your million to, that you've already won, million plus, uh, you make a run at it as long as you can fit it in your schedule. That's that's my, you know, I think that's a pretty easy thing. But, you know, outside of value hunting, which is something which is huge, I think there's an underrated thing that can come of this. And that's the the publicity that your own personal brand can get by winning something of this ilk i mean thomas think of it this way especially in this new world that we're that we're moving into where there's so much opportunity in terms of being a quote-unquote sports betting expert 
what better thing to put on your resume than winner of a million dollars in a sports betting championship? I think that some people might look at this as simply an opportunity to up their brand. And if they walk away with a million dollars, obviously that's that's huge and that's gonna gonna you know pay for itself alone. But you know the the added uh, prestige of that I think can go a long way, especially if this becomes a bigger deal. I mean, it's kind of like World Series of Poker. Wouldn't it be cool to say I was the first person to ever win the World Series of Poker? I think some of that could show up here, Thomas. Oh, and I agree with you 100 percent, Dan. And, uh, you know, you look at sports betting. Sports betting's new, and this is one of the first things they're doing that's a big thing. Look at DFS, right? I know all you guys from Roto Grinders because you've hit big DFS contests, and I follow you guys on Twitter. So I think you're going to see a similar thing with sports betting. You, you mentioned brand. I think the winner of this, brand. You know, we know now we know the super contest people, who's in the running, because people like Donnie are reporting on it all the time. So, and I also agree with you, the future of this thing. I'm very intrigued to see this next year. If I'm, my guess is correct, I see you'll, you'll see double, triple the amount of people coming next year if this thing's a success, and it's just going to grow and grow. So you're right, being the first winner, it's not only a million dollars, that's good for your brand. Yeah, and, you know, I think the future, uh, obviously, you know, sites aren't really worried about short-term, you know, profit loss on something like this because, you know, there's obviously looking like there's going to be some significant overlay here. But, you know, Brent, the, the, the trouble that we run into with these contests, of course, is this is something that you have to physically be in a place to do. And right now, you know, we're limited in terms of the, the states that these things can, can actually take place in. And as much as New Jersey is a great place... Um, I think something actually like this in like Las Vegas would be a little bit more desirable because you get a lot of people who are like, oh, you know, I'd rather go to Las Vegas. I'd let, rather, you know, take in the shows, you know, uh, and, and be a part of the nightlife as opposed to, no offense to people in New Jersey, it's just not as desirable of a, I guess you could say, party destination. Now, obviously, you're competing for a million bucks, but I think there's more to it. Um you handle the business side of, or the the legality side of of sports betting. W- what do we think about like where are the potential spots to have this outside of New Jersey? Obviously, it made all the sense in the world for DraftKings. They were first to market. Their app is killing it there. But I still think there's that location matters in something like this. Yeah, that's definitely true. And I mean, right now it's it's just a product of circumstance. DraftKings has its app. Uh, or has the online sportsbook active right now and and only in New Jersey and, and soon West Virginia. I don't know if West Virginia would have made a better locale. But going forward, uh, depending what the New York lawmakers do in the next few months, it could be in New York next year. I, I think they may be applying for a license in, in Nevada, so it could be in Las Vegas. Uh, and I know Donnie could speak to this too, but it's, I mean, part of the problem is federal laws and the Wire Act and just the inability right now to have – um, you know, sports betting taking place cross jurisdiction. So some of that is up in the air, but I think New York, maybe Illinois, uh, Las Vegas are, are all potential. But one other thing with regarding to this weekend, I, I'm pretty sure that everybody has to check in at the Jersey City location. But once they do that, they're free to go anywhere in the States. I think we're going to have people camping out in um, in Atlantic City or, or who knows, just a hotel room 
or uh, an Airbnb that's that's really tripped out anywhere in the state. Which I think is good and bad, because um, I do think there's something to be said for promotion of an actual experience of a a live championship where you've got the people who are participating right there. You're seeing the emotions in person of things going good, things going bad. And, you know, I think as somebody who's been a part of the DFS live finals, like that's, that's a great part of it. Now, admittedly, there's a little bit maybe more stress, especially on a Saturday because you're making bets in real time versus DFS. You've got your lineup in, you can sit back and drink all you want, but uh, yeah, I feel like there's a bit of a problem here, Donnie, in that they could award a million dollars to somebody and that person's not even present for them to get a check at the end of it because there's no requirement for people to show up. Uh, I'm a little surprised by that. What do you think? No, um, I'm definitely surprised by it. And that's, that's something that you've seen out in Las Vegas uh, from time to time, year to year in the, the big contest, you know, the super contest. The winner isn't always there week 17. Uh, oftentimes they come in the weekend after, after they realize that they have won or that they've won, you know, one of the really big prizes that are up top. And then they get the get the check awarded and all that stuff. But it's always it's always more fun to be in the moment, you know, see the see the rise and the fall. Because, you know, with this with this particular contest, you know, where where everything is crammed into a really small period of time uh, over three days and, and everything's going to be just just crunched. You know, there's gonna be there's gonna be that stress of making bets, like like what you should be doing, and you want to be able to watch people as they're going through that process and deciding on it, and how they're how they're either super calm about it all, or maybe they're freaking out. You want to see it all. You know, you want to see that that excitement when somebody goes on to win, and maybe it's something crazy like you saw in the Super Contest where it all came down to that last game in Week 17. Maybe something like this comes down to the last game. Maybe it comes down to the last play with the way that this contest is structured. You want to be able to see that in real time. Um, and it's just better to have everyone there. And then obviously when it, when it's all done, you want to be able to award the winners and celebrate them, uh, and have them there. So, I mean, for lack of a better term, it'd be a shame <laughs> to, to not have, you know, those people there if they're, if they're going to go on to win. I ho- hopefully everyone does, does make the trip. I mean, if you're, if you're, you know, schlepping out to, to New Jersey to compete in this thing, um, I, I think you should, uh, want to compete, uh, you know, in house with everyone else around, uh, and just, just be in the atmosphere of it all. Yeah, and but there's also people who care less, who have really no interest in branding, who are have no interest in anything except winning a million dollars. And if you know doing it throughout your Airbnb all weekend long is what you feel makes you most comfortable to do it, they're going to do it. But I think in the grand scheme of things, if they want to turn something like this betting national championship into who knows, like a televised event down the road, I think there's a, there's a ton of potential for media opportunities here, Thomas, that, you know, we've seen develop in, in things like the world series of poker that have drawn just even more interest to the actual game. I mean, world series of poker was really nothing until we had Moneymaker and we had incredible television coverage. And now it's to the point where, you know, they're back surpassing those numbers and they're doing it because they actually have live broadcasts. And I think there's a ton of potential to have something like this with sports betting. Um, I'm not sure if the current format of what we have for this contest works for it, but I have to think, especially with DraftKings, knowing like, yeah, you know, they they you know they're a forward-thinking company, and I, I think clearly what they want to do is build some brand equity around this championship, 
And maybe with this being year one, they're a little bit more conservative on what they can and want to do and, and, and make their contestants do. But ultimately, I think they need to turn this into a, a bigger, quote unquote, event than just saying, you know, here's your chance to win a million dollars. If you show up, great. You, we don't need to watch you make the bets because I still have a lot of worries. I mean, you've got a number of contestants here, and we can kind of also piggyback into this, con- this discussion, is unlike DFS where you ultimately have to build your lineups and that's it, um, you know, this is something that's going to take place over multiple days. And who's to say you don't have people, quote-unquote, working together in some sort of conspiratory way and that sounds weird I'm not trying to um you know poo-poo the the possibility of 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 this taking place or whatnot but you know I, I I just think like some of that goes out the window when everything is done and visible for people so um I kind of left that sitting out there for you Thomas but you know take take you know pick up from where I left off and do you have those those same concerns potentially well, in terms of the media, I agree with you 100%. You know, just from my experiences, even people who don't gamble are infatuated with gambling. So you put this on the air and you see people sweating out these big bets. I, I think that's made for television. You, you mentioned the DFS stuff. Uh, I, I'm not good enough to make th- those finals, but I watch the videos on on the Internet. And I think it's awesome watching everyone there, you know, dying over their, their lineup. So I, I think you're right. I think in the future this is something that's made for TV. It's going to get a lot bigger. Um, even You know, there's going to be other companies that could piggyback off this, too. It doesn't necessarily have to be DraftKings. And in terms oh. of collusion, I yeah. think that's the – you know, the the number one issue going into this weekend and something that they'll definitely have to keep an eye on because you know, if I had to make a bet myself, I'd bet there'd be a couple people there probably trying to work together and splitting this thing somewhere along the line. Yeah, and I think the, there's a difference between maybe collusion and deal-making. I mean, Donnie, <laughs> you know, you see it in poker all the time where, you know, people make deals whether it's in the tournament before the tournament or even at like the final table you know obviously this is a little bit different because you know they're technically competing against each other but in a very different fashion than we see with poker and you know I think if two contestants said hey you know what if I win a million I'll give you 10 percent if you win a million you give me 10 percent I see nothing wrong with a situation like that my worry is at the end of you know Saturday you've got the two leaders on the leaderboard or the people who are sitting in fourth and fifth. And suddenly those guys make a pact to bet a certain way to try and build up a role and then split that. That's my concern. Do you think it's even possible for them to monitor something like that and prevent it from happening? I think it's it's going to be difficult to, to monitor and prevent it from happening in full. I mean, they can do the best that they can, you know, the, the DraftKings people. Um, I, I agree with you. I have no problem with the, the swapping aspect of things. I mean, that's something that, you know, it happens in poker. It happens in other forms of, you know, contests and that sort of thing. One thing that I will say that will, will help uh, DraftKings in this regard is that I know they have a lot of people on their team who have poker backgrounds, so they kind of know where this stuff comes from and the swapping and the collusion aspect. That's always been something that's been 
uh, talked about. It's been worrisome in, in the poker world specifically and just having those guys with experience for, for what to look out for, you know, because you're not, you're not going to be able to know every single thing. You know, these guys can obviously go behind closed doors. They can make phone calls. They can do whatever they want in secret and work out some sort of deals. But if you know what you're looking for, if you have that trained eye, I think that's only going to lend benefit to the DraftKings side when they are able to to pick things off. And then, and also, hopefully, you know, just the way that the world is these days where everything is under a microscope, especially in the age of social media, you know, if you get caught doing something, uh, your reputation is is largely tarnished. So hopefully that also deters people, you know, from, from doing something that, that might not be, you know, in the best uh, interest of the game and certainly not in the spirit of it. Brett, where do you come out on the uh, the collusion side of things? And, you know, I'm going to make one statement here before I, I let, leave the floor to you. I was actually way more worried about it before I kind of dug in and read some of the more, um, uh, more of the rules in depth. And, you know, I, I still think it's potentially an issue, but I'm a lot less concerned than I was, say, like two weeks ago before, you know, really digging in. Uh, what do you, what's your takeoff on this? Yeah. Donnie spoke about openness and, uh, part of that. And part of what's unique about this tournament is there's going to be a real time leaderboard where all contestants, uh, wagers are, are going to be visible. There'll be some limitations there. I think they're going to be hidden for 30 minutes after being placed uh, but the point is, all these wages are going to be out in the open. There's going to be other contestants, uh, you know, probably attempting to identify if there's any sort of um, collusion or, or hedging going on. Uh, it's, I mean, it's going to happen. There, there are going to be these conversations. Uh, you know, hopefully, the the fact that there is a leaderboard and it will, it is going to be monitored, will will deter some of that. Uh, I really don't know of anything they could do to, you know, to to stamp it out completely um but to, to, to take it back to the um the winner being in the house uh hopefully that is the case but at least there is this kind of this this public aspect of this whole spectacle and that the leaderboard will be visible uh you know so somebody in, in any part of the country can can monitor what's going on and there is this kind of uh uh you know real-time sensibility about it to to it and, and one of the other subplots I'm interested in, if these wagers are visible in advance of them being placed, there might just be people tailing uh, the leaders, you know, with their own sports book across the country as this thing is unfolding. Yeah, uh, I want to talk about that leaderboard thing too because I think it's super important. And thanks to John Aguiar over at DraftKings for replying to a thread. I started about this. He's been pretty transparent and, and helpful, so so thanks again to him. I'm sure he's listening. Um, is that apparently, though, the leaderboard does not start until Saturday, or they're not going to show it until the morning of Saturday. I think it's a mistake. Uh, I, I know why. You know, the reasons they gave is they want people to be comfortable with the app. They want people to be comfortable making their wagers, and they don't want them to necessarily worry about sweating a leaderboard. But ultimately, it's a contest. Like, shouldn't we know where you stand as this contest begins from, from you know, the starting line? And and I, I, I get what their reasoning is, but I just don't agree with it. I think they should have that from the very beginning to the very end so people can see exactly what is going on. Now, they also mentioned they're going to be having downloadable uh, .csvs, which is going to include all the wagers. 
I think that's going to be fascinating to kind of parse through and see what people do uh, in terms of trying to win this, what strategies they employ. And again, to definitely add that layer of transparency. Now, Brett, there was some talk. Oh, and one other point, you know, you mentioned the, the 30 minute delay. I'm also very curious if this is because uh, the way I view it is it's 30 minutes from when the bet is made. But I would think it should be 30 minutes from when the game starts personally, because otherwise you've got, you know, more gamesmanship that you could potentially that, that could take place in this. Like, could somebody really put a hundred dollar bet on one thing and, you know, know that it's going to be shown publicly. And then right before the game starts, you know, play the other side. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Like, I think there's more gamesmanship if you do it after the bet is made versus when the actual game takes place. What's your kind of thoughts on that? Because I think that's fascinating. I, I actually like the latency aspect. I, I mean, to use another poker analogy, I, it's, you know, if the cards are kind of hidden, hidden you see what the stacks are, you, um, you have to make a decision, you know, based on how you think somebody might wager, based on what they've been doing, um, you know, whether they're... Uh, uh, an underdog player or, 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 or whatever, but, you know, to have all the cards open and then people, you know, being able to, to make an exact determination of what they need to bet. Um, my point is I like the idea of keeping them hidden until after the event has, has started. I like the strategical strategic aspect of it. <laughs> Strategery. Um, I like it from, from that perspective, as opposed to everything being completely open and, and transparent. Uh, Thomas, uh, let's get down to the nuts and bolts for the people who are playing in this thing and, uh, how to win. How, 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 how do you think this is going to go? You know, you've got, I don't know, I'm assuming you're not playing in this thing, but if you were, you've got $5,000 that you need to run up. You've got all weekend to do it. And again, the parameters, and I think this is really important and I think actually helpful on the collusion side of things is you cannot make a bet after the kickoff of the last football game on Sunday. So there's no more live betting taking place. Um, you know, basically, whatever you have going on, it, it's got to be in by the time that kickoff starts. So um, what what do you think the, the correct plan of attack is in this contest, Thomas? Well, I think it also depends on what you're comfortable betting. You know, if it was me personally, Friday, there's a small college basketball slate but the Mac plays Mac with two A's, you know, that's my favorite conference to bet. So I'd go in strong. I'd go in aggressive and I try to build up my bankroll on those college basketball games as we get into Saturday. But on the other hand, I don't bet a lot of hockey. So I think it's important not to stretch and try to bet what you don't know in order to, you know, try to run that bankroll up. So I think that's going to be a big strategy is, are you good at betting props? Are you good at betting parlays? And kind of stick to what you know and hit it hit when it's hot. Because obviously Saturday is going to be a big day. I mean, there's there's everything. There's a million college basketball games, full NBA. You got NFL. You got hockey. So in my opinion, I think you gotta you gotta go strong on Friday. You gotta hit it hard on Saturday. Because whoever's in good position come Sunday, I, I think those are going to be your winners. And again, I, I think the guys who stick with what they know are aggressive early, are going to be in good position to win this thing. I'm going to take it one further. And I don't even think it's just sticking with what you know. I think it's 
talking to people who know things better than you and, you know, getting advice from people who might be good at betting college basketball or might know a certain conference. I mean, I think a sport nobody is talking about is golf. Like, I know that you shouldn't be able to – you can't bet the winner of the tournament this weekend simply because that's going to finish way after the football games. But you should be able to bet, you know, head-to-heads versus – versus two golfers, um, you should be able to bet, you know, maybe second round leader, things like that. Like there should be wagers that you can get. And I'm just wondering if people are going to be getting more risky with their parlays. Do they just do the the straight bets? Do they look for to try and hit a, you know, 20 to one, you know, first touchdown on the Saturday game, finding, a, you know, that the backup or the you know, the, the number three wide receiver who scores the long touchdown. Like, I think that's the fascinating thing about it. There's a number of ways to win, but ultimately I think somebody is going to have to hit like a 20 to one shot somewhere along the line to, to make this work. I don't think people are grinding for three days and building up a role that way, Thomas. I, I'd be shocked if, if that's the way that it went. Oh yeah, and I agree. I think you're going to have a lot of a lot of underdog betting, a lot of underdog parlays. You know, you're going to try to hit those NFL games. I mean, college basketball underdogs cash all the time. So I think you're you're exactly right. My guess is whoever wins this thing hits a big underdog parlay at some point. Um, Brett, there was some talk on Twitter, and I haven't seen anything further on it about betting limits. Um, what exactly is that pertaining to? Is that the amount of money people can bet on a, on a, on a certain style of bet? The, the amount of people, amount of money somebody could win, you know, in terms of odds on a, on a parlay return? Uh, what, what exactly did you read that as? Well, hang on, and I'm sorry to hijack this thing, but to go back to the sports just briefly, I mean, part of the reason I'm so excited about this thing is because the entire betting menu is open. Like, I think the, the Australian Open tennis is going on this weekend. So forget about parlays. If we have somebody who's built a bankroll to, say, 15000 on Saturday and they want to bet on, you know, even money, Diego, Sebastian, Schwartzman uh, to win a tennis match, they could double up right there. And it's just, I mean, people are going to be watching the divisional round games and NBA, but we might have somebody sitting in the corner betting on tennis who just happens to know this tournament. So that's it's going to be kind of... Crazy. Uh, but to actually answer your question about the limits, um, John Aguiar has done a good job of addressing this. I think it's just there's – we don't know exactly what the betting limits are. I mean, everybody is starting with the same bankroll, but come Saturday, you know, I don't know if there's going to be a 10,000 limit on money lines. He says there's going to be high, and it's not going to be an issue. But um, I think people may get more information – in their uh, welcome packets, whether there's limits on parlays, um, and that could become a factor. So we can, we don't have a complete answer there yet, but uh, I'll take him at his word that it, it it shouldn't be a factor and that there shouldn't be concern in that regard. Yeah, I I think you know I, I mean man, the niche sports are incredible. I mean there's and they offer live betting on tennis. Like you can bet you can bet like who's going to win a particular freaking point in tennis on the DraftKings app. And there's the third component that we haven't even talked about, and that's the cash-out slip. You know, yeah. you, that's something that, 
you know, you can have a bet in and uh, you can hit three of your four legs of a parlay and see what the, the cash out m- uh, amount is and, and, and take your winnings from there. Um, so I, I think it's, I think it's fascinating. You know, the more I talk about it, the more I want to justify paying $10,000 to play in it. I don't know if my wife will allow me to do that, but the more I'm thinking about it, the more excited it's kind of making me. All right, um, let's get down to final kind of predictions on what we think the the total amount in a bankroll, because this is something which, you know, we can, we can guess on. We can, we can wager ourselves. We can set our own little line on, on what we think it's going to be. Donnie, leading it off with you, what do you think the total winning bankroll is at the end of this contest? I'm going to go with uh, 225000 Whoa. Whoa. I will take the under for everything I have on that. Wow. 225? So, so my, my reasoning is I think you're going to see some, some kind of craziness ensue at the beginning. And what I mean by that is you're going to see some people hit some of those long shots and, and continue to press them. Um, I think that, you know, I understand that you do get to take your bankroll home at the end of it, but I think you know, a lot of the people that I would anticipate are trying to run it up at the beginning are going to be ones that are really pressing for that million dollar top prize. So they're going to continue to press the whole time. And that means big bets uh, as the days go on, including really big bets on Sunday that could lead to some really big scores and then a really big ending bankroll for, for whoever that winner is. Wow. Two twenty five. Uh, Thomas, you're up next. Where are you? Where are you sitting at? Well, I thought I was going to come in high, but Donnie's got me beat. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say between ninety and a hundred thousand personally. That's uh, but I, I, me and Donnie are on the same page here. I agree with him about uh, guys being aggressive, and if so, if somebody gets up, I think they are going to push and try to get that money. So you know, I don't think two hundred thousand is you know out of the question, but I would say more in that ninety hundred thousand dollar range true but if you push you know and you're trying to take long shots you're trying to take these things your bankroll can disappear quickly those bets are hard to hit so that's what makes this so fascinating mr smiley what's the prediction for you well donnie's got to be second guessing myself over here um i was going to come in a little more conservatively it's i i think it's, it's going to be kind of phased because people are going to be really looking to stack their bankroll on Friday, and just by sheer numbers, you know somebody's probably gonna quadruple quadruple up and get to forty or or fifty. You know, just just risk the five and go bust, especially the guys who are coming in by a qualifier. And and then when we get to Sunday, when you have to, be, I think the betting is only on the NFL games. It's gonna be kind of like Final Jeopardy, where people are sizing it up, and I think probably making big money line bets. Uh, to actually answer the question to give a number, uh, I'll say over under 91,000. Wow, okay. Uh, I think that's a little bit closer, but I'm even less than you. Uh, I, betting's hard, okay? Betting is very, very hard. We got 200 people here trying to run up $5,000. Uh, I, I, I don't think it gets above 75K. I really don't. I, I, I think it's like. 68,000 is my number. 68,000 is my number. Uh, just because, you know, yes, you want to hit something big, but if you don't hit that, man, and I just could see it fading off quickly. And uh, especially, 
Mm. Again, this is a complete guess on my. I'm saying 68,000. 68,000 my number. Laugh at me, Donnie. Laugh at me. Uh, listen, I'm not laughing at any any sort of guess when when somebody thinks it through. You know, I could be totally off as well, and you guys could be laughing at me uh, when I'm done with it. But uh, I got it. Got to go with uh, what I think is going to happen. So, uh, what's the plan this week on uh, Sharp Side and uh, RG Sports Betting? What you doing? Uh, what you doing, Brett? I have uh, probably the shortest trip of the bunch. I'm I'm in northern New Jersey. I'm about 40 minutes from Jersey City. I'm going to be getting there early Saturday morning when the leaderboard is on and just taking it all in. Um, I'm genuinely excited. I'm curious what people are going to be betting. Uh, we'll have a live blog set up. I believe that'll appear on sharp side. I'll be contributing to that, doing some video images, um, and, uh, just some reporting on what's going on in the leaderboard. Uh, any big parlays that we see cashing or, or extending into Sunday, it's uh, it's going to be some organized chaos, and we'll be there to to capture as much of it as we can. And Donnie, you're going to be out there doing some uh, some videos, some players interviews. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, as as uh, as Brett m- mentioned, there uh, organized chaos is kind of the plan we're, we're going in with. I mean, it's we're going to have a live blog that's going to be uh, hosted on SharpSide.com. People can check that out, and we'll be populating that with as much information as we as we can. You know, whether that's talking to players, whether that's bets, that's leaderboard updates, whatever it might be, we're going to try and put it in that blog so we can let people know as much as possible for what is happening. Um, also, as Brett mentioned, we're going to be doing some videos, photos, social media, you know, anything that we can get, player interviews. Uh, we'll be doing some recaps at the end of all three of the days, uh, hopefully talk to some people about strategy. This is this is the first event uh, of its kind. I, I know we have had sports betting competitions before, specifically the ones out in Las Vegas. But, you know, this one is, has a really unique aspect to it, uh, and we're just going to try and do as much coverage as we can. Get as much out there for the people. I know that a lot of people might not have $10,000 to be able to, to buy into this thing. So they're going to want to see how it all plays out. And uh, that's our job to, to bring them all the information as much as possible. So look for anything and everything from social media. That's at Sharpside app. Um, and then on Sharpside.com, we'll be bringing you a lot of stuff as well. Cool. And d- Dan, Dan, you had it right on the top. The the handle for our fairly new Roto-Grinder sports betting account is at RG Sports Betting. You could follow me at Brett Smiley, B-R-E-T-T-S-M-I-L-E-Y, and Thomas is at the pigskin guy, the pigskin guy. <laughs> you didn't get the corporate account there, did you, Thomas? You, they, 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 you, you refuse to give in to corporate. I love it. I love it. The, that's what happens when you make your Twitter handle seven years ago. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, all right, guys. And if you're somebody who is participating, make sure you look for, for Brett and, uh, and and Donnie out there. Donnie, I'm sure, will be sporting some sharp side gear. We'd love to hear from you. And, uh, you know, these, these events, you know, it, this is probably, you know, just the tip of the iceberg in terms of uh, what they, they can become. And uh, I'm excited. I hope we've got fair play all along. I'm pretty confident DraftKings is going to do their very best to monitor that and uh, ultimately crown somebody the DraftKings Sports Betting National Champion. Should be exciting stuff out there in New Jersey this weekend. All right. Thank you so much to uh, Thomas and Brett over at RG Sports Betting. We've got Donnie Peters over at SharpSide.com. If you haven't downloaded that SharpSide app, it's great. Easy way for you to make some bets on your own. 
course, not real money, but you can track how you do. We're running contests pretty much every single weekend uh, and going to be having more and more of those where you can win uh, prizes, uh, including you know money to go play on FanDuel and other sites. So uh, don't miss out on it. Great times as always. Thanks, fellas, and we'll have to do more of these down the road. Thank you. Absolutely. Talk soon, guys. All right. uh, For the fellas, I'm Dan Bach. Thanks for listening. And best of luck to yourself. We'll see you.